Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of The Reclaim Leader, helping you lead change without losing your roots. I am Jason Tucker, back with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Doing well, Jason. Feeling rested, rejuvenated, ready to uh, tackle life and ministry and also dreaded coming back to the office yesterday. When I, came back to, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but kind of that startup mode coming out of some time away. But uh, no, it's good. Uh, good to be back and ready to continue the conversations that we're having about how to lead change and how to try to be healthy, vibrant, life-filled churches that impact our world. And um, that's what we all want. It's hard work. Uh, stepping away, though, and, and for those that maybe don't know, I took a month off as sort of a mini sabbatical, just totally disconnected, turned off the email, and um, it was in town some, but it kind of ignored everything, all things church as far as Marine View goes. And it just, those sorts of moments allow you to kind of step back and remember all the things that God has done and is doing. And also just kind of, I don't know, kind of sets things back in perspective. So anyway, it was really healthy and good. And um, it was it was hard to get back into work mode a little bit yesterday, but already two days in, I'm feeling kind of re, reinvigorated, reengaged. So good stuff. I, I thought you were going to say you were already feeling exhausted. <laughs> yeah, no, no, fortunately not, right? That would be super discouraging. That One would. of my fears literally, legitimately was that it that I was taking a month off, which is really great, but that it really wouldn't be enough time to get kind of fully rejuvenated. We all know this and out there, you probably are like, I would love a month off. The, the price of leadership, the weight of it, I mean, it, it kind of gets you the traumas that we go through and the scars that we we uh, take on when we lead change, there's, there's a weight to that. And I just had noticed that I was not leading at my best, just kind of under the weight of that. So getting away for a month, it was, it was nice. And, and I think it was enough time to kind of get my legs back under me and to feel, feel really kind of excited to re-engage and get after it again. So um, it's important to take those breaks. Well, that's awesome. And it's very much in line with our last episode, which is, uh, I was talking about the free to focus book, talking about, um, creating margin. And, you know, I'm just constantly reminded of how absolutely critical that is and how easy it is to not do that. Even in supposedly vacation mode, it's so easy to stay way too connected to work. Um, technology's made it such that we could basically be connected with work 24-7 and, and it never really stops. And so having the discipline to allow yourself to disengage, I mean, I'm it's great. I hope that we'll be able to do an episode out of kind of what you've discovered in that month away, because uh, I think a lot of pastors and leaders need to think about like, what, how, how do I create that? What's the benefit of that? Why should that be important for me in, in my ministry? Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get to dive into that a little bit, but today we're getting right into it because it fall is right around the corner. And everybody kind of, we start ramping up and hopefully we've had some plans in place already back in May and June, looking ahead at the fall, but we're kind of ramping back up with volunteers and recruitment and kind of what we're going to be doing when, when that September 
that second Sunday in September, right after Labor Day, when that kickoff day happens. And one of the things that we want to talk about in today's episode in our conversation is just what is the first impression that we are presenting people with uh, when they're maybe new guests coming to our church, fall kickoff time, people are coming to check out your church. What are their first impressions and what are some things we can do to um, make a good first impression and help them feel right at home and welcome in our midst? Yeah. So this last Sunday, something happened that uh, really got sparked this idea for me to talk about. And that was because of something our church handled badly. <laughs> we definitely fumbled the ball on this. So we we added an, an additional worship service uh, this last winter uh, that is at the same time as our traditional service. It's a contemporary service in another part of the building. And it has a video sermon, live everything else, video sermon. And we have not done a good job of communicating. So families naturally come into the main door. And if they're new or visiting, they wind up in the traditional service. And they're like, wait a minute, what do we do? Is this the contemporary service? This is weird. This is just like the traditional service. Like they they don't know. uh, Or they think... um, you know, what is this? I, I don't really understand. So there's this yeah, young family that comes in last week. <laughs> I see them with little kids. They come and sit down and first hymn starts and they all, and they look at each other like really puzzled. And I'm trying to stay engaged with worship, but I'm seeing what's going on. And I see the dad go out into the narthex, come back, gather his family and go out. And I see them go out of the building to the right toward where the contemporary service is. And that's where they landed. And I was just thinking, man, there are so many things we fumbled on that. I really hope it wasn't his first time that he had a good first experience and that that wasn't his first impression because sometimes you don't recover from bad first impressions and it's confusion. We had another couple come in and uh, I older couple, I'd say in their fifties or sixties and uh, they, they came in and they didn't know it was a video sermon and they were ticked. They never came back. They never came back. And that's a communication thing, right? That's things that we could solve easily through a welcome in the very beginning said, Hey, and if you're new with us, this service has a video sermon. Just want to prepare you for that. If you're not used to that and we have live sermons everywhere else. And, you know, and then the issue with, you know, going to the wrong room for the worship service Again, that's something we can easily fix with guest services, with having good signage, all these things. And all these things are so important because all the data shows people have made up their mind whether or not they're coming back based on their first impressions. Yeah, it's it's really a big deal. And it's it's we can't control all that stuff, right? Um, if they have a grumpy interaction with someone in the parking lot or whatever, or they don't didn't see the sign, and sometimes we, we're gonna blow it and it's not gonna be our fault. Um, but a lot of times there's small things that we can do just to make things easier for our guests. And I, I think for us, it's really come down to this mentality that we have to operate with the expectation that new people are going to be there. And they're, and so it shouldn't be, we should even communicate that way from up front. If you're a guest with us today or you're, you know, having that language built in as if we're expecting them to be there. I remember a few times when we first started our, our rolling Sunday and the middle part of our morning was was the part where we wanted to see the most growth, but it was the s- smallest part to start. And I knew every single person in the room. 
and I knew who they were and how long they'd been coming to the church. And yet I would always say, if you're new with us, if you're a guest with us, I want to just welcome you. And people in the pews would be looking around at each other like, who's <laughs> <laughs> Because there was 40 people in the pews and we all knew each other. So, but it's, it's creating that framework that we always expect there to be new people and guests. And we, as a whole community, need to be on the lookout for that. And especially in our guest services or our welcome teams, they need to be the ones that operate with that mentality. So we're going to talk about some, some tips and tricks today from a blog post. So tell us a little bit about that and what we're going to, what we're going to dive into. So Greg Atkinson, he has a leadership ministry that's all about first impressions. It's all about guest services. He helps churches. He does secret shopper for, uh, for churches, and he's done them from very big, kind of real popular churches to go in and just share what's the experience of a new person coming into your church. When we had uh, Bob Weitzel years ago uh, consult for us, he offered that service, which was so helpful and also cringeworthy because there's stuff that they find that you're just like, how? How did we yeah, I don't know mess if I that up know, so badly? <laughs> Isn't that one of those things as a leader that, that you're like, I'm not sure I want to know. Like I'm a little yeah. bit scared to find out. Yeah, but totally. We need to know, right? So uh, Greg is going to be on the podcast with us in a few weeks and we're excited about that. But until then, I wanted to share some insights from a blog post that he wrote. Uh, this is from gregatkinson.com on uh, July 30th. Um, and he talks about his five practical tips to implement at your church as, as we get ready for the fall to make sure that, that we're making our a good first impression for the people that are coming our way. Now, he references using a guest services team. And so at Tower Hill, we have a guest services team. Do you guys have a guest services team? I know not not all churches do. And I don't want people yeah, to feel like yeah, yeah, it doesn't I think pertain to them. There's probably lots of names for it. So we, um, this is one of those things that we had already had an established team called the Welcome Team. So we just left the name. But effect, essentially, it's a guest services mentality using some some of the same principles and stuff from North Point and other places. So Yeah, and I think even if, you're team, if you don't have a team per se, but you just have like regular volunteers who help with greeting, ushering, welcoming, like this all pertains to them. Sure. Like, yeah, and it, all of our churches have some version of that, whether it's a really high organized, trained, equipped team, or kind of a loose gathering of folks that kind of take that on. Um, these, this, this will be helpful. So let's, let's, let's jump in. Yeah, let's jump in. Okay. So his first tip is you got to start with giving the vision to your guest services team. You have to get those volunteers, get those people in a room to do some vision casting because especially if you're in a mainline denominational church, that's been around a while. It's been around over 50 years. There's a certain way that you've always done greeting, ushering, welcoming. And oftentimes it's, you know, I'm standing at the door with the bulletins in my hand and I'm handing them out as people come in, I'm saying good morning. But really you have to cast a vision for what, what guest services is. It is a ministry of connection. It is getting people who are gifted at being with people. And who are looking out for people to engage, not in a overzealous, creepy way, but in a way that, that notices people that look a little lost or have questions. Make sure that we're attending to our guests' needs so that we make a good first impression and, and clear up any confusion. Don't let confusion be the reason people don't come back. 
You know, if they what's it that Andy Stanley says that I think is great. He's like, you want everyone's heads nodding in the same direction until you get to Jesus Christ. And then if they're offended, so be it. But let's not offend them before then. Sure. Yeah, that's good. But you got to cast a vision for it. You yeah. got to get them in a room and, and talk about that. Otherwise, it, it won't really change. Well, and here's the thing. I think we all go, yeah, we need to be a warm, welcoming community. I mean, I don't think any church out there sets out to have, a, you know, an unfriendly greeter out there or something. <laughs> right. But when was the last time you stopped to really be thoughtful and strategic with a group of people about what is it exactly we're going to say? What are the types of things we're going to do? And to really just kind of help them with the why it matters part that vision piece, because that the why, uh, you know, when someone has a, an engagement with you as, a, as part of the guest services team or the welcome team, and they, that's a positive experience for them, that's going to begin to write a story for them about what type of community you are, and maybe even their place in it. So this is a huge deal. And um, sometimes when I notice our, our welcomers or our greeters or different, our, our team out there, we have some roaming hosts, we call them, that wander around and try to help people. When I see that go well, I stop and I acknowledge it right away. And I, I say, I just want to say thank you. I noticed that you uh, helped that that couple find the nursery. And I, I just wanted to know that I'm so glad that you walked them over to the nursery because they, you know, they have that experience of being cared for and not, you know, being able to find out right where they needed to go. And it matters so much because when people have that first, that good first experience, it just, gives them an openness to us as a community. So I just wanted to say thank you. So that timely notice specific thank you reinforces that that vision or that why too. Yeah. And and plus, even just for information, you can't assume that all your volunteers know like where to bring babies for the nursery care. Like right. there are many who don't know a lot of really important basic questions that people would be asking. So, so just get them in the room and just give them the yeah. whole, hey, this is what you say when people ask what to do. Exactly. We when we started our rolling Sunday, um, even our key people and volunteers, not everybody knew exactly where to go or what was happening at what times. And so we just ended up creating some little lanyards that said "Ask Me" on them, and on the back it had the schedule for the morning and where all the classrooms for yeah. age group and all that stuff. You know, I mean, just helping our volunteers succeed. Excellent. All right. Uh, second thing. So first things, vision casting with your team. Second thing. Pray with your team before your first service that day. Or or if you can't, have somebody pray with them. I think, and his point in the blog post is that sometimes we forget the God factor when people are serving in ministry. It becomes very transactional. You know, it sets sets the mood of the morning. It sets the the atmosphere that this this is a ministry. And then we're praying for people coming in here who God's led here, who may be coming back for the first time in a long time. And they had the courage to show up today. Let's be ready for them. And so he says, you know, try to pray with your team. I love that. I think that's how important is it to one, invite God into it, but also help them to see sort of the spiritual aspect of, of what they're doing. Uh, and one of our folks always prays. We, we gather for prayer about 20 minutes before our services start as the, our, our guest service folks and welcomers are coming. And one of them always prays, if there's someone sitting at home right now, wondering about their place in life and whether they matter, or if, if they've ever thought about coming to church, God, would you put it on their heart to get up from where they are and come to our, our church or to another church so they can hear about your love for them and help us to welcome them and greet them well when they come. I, I just I mean to hear that from someone and to have that 
uh, kind of voiced as a prayer. It's a powerful thing. So praying for your guests that are coming that morning, for all of your teams and volunteers, it's a good way to set the tone for the morning. I, I agree with him. That's a good good tip. Yeah. I would say not um, a tip, a must have. It, yeah, right. And, and then the third, the third thing uh, really goes hand in hand with praying with your team. The third thing is remember, it's always someone's first Sunday. Man, that's so huge to remember and easy to forget that and we talk about this a lot around here. Um, not that we expect everything to be perfect. We certainly don't expect that. But we do strive for a quality of everything we're doing so that no one will come here and, you know, there are no off Sundays. There are no not as good Sundays. Like we're trying to create consistently welcoming, high quality environments to engage people with the gospel of people of all ages. And, um, and it's a high standard for sure, but it's because this could be somebody's, this could be the only shot that we have at, at this person or this family in, in a long time or maybe ever. And I know now, listen, I, I know there's, there's a theological line here where it says, you know, well, wait a minute, God's the one who's drawing people to himself. And yes, I know, I get it, I'm reformed. But I will say this, it's always a partnership with God's people being faithful. I think being part of being faithful is to do our best as much as we possibly can yeah. to try and, to reach people. And if it's somebody, I mean, just starting with that assumption that it's somebody's first time, um, I think changes the dynamic for us too in our preparation and our thinking, right? We're kind of going, wow, this, this isn't just a throwaway. This isn't, isn't the usual gang that's going to be like, Oh, we love Jesse. We love Jesse. It doesn't matter. That was off. You know, but there's, you know, there's, there's an urgency to it and a weightiness to it. If we come with that perspective and think about it this way from the guests experience, I mean, the guest that's coming in and what the courage that it took, to get up from where they were, or drive to a church where they don't know anybody, or maybe they know some people, but they're coming and they were invited. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to show up in a new community of people. And so we ought to be ready and expecting them to be there, living as if we, we were expecting them and we're glad to see them. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I think even if we just left, you know, those three things, if we just started those three things for the fall, I think we'd be in good shape. He continues with a couple of really like practical things and it's, it's problem solving that I definitely see this in our guest services team too. So these are things that you often have to remind your team of as they get going. But, um, but I, you know, so the next one is number four is tell them to free up their hands. Uh, it's a big pet peeve of his, he says, is that when he attends uh, a church or visits a church, he'll notice that members are in conversation with each other, uh, talking while guests are passing by them and often like holding a cup of coffee. And they don't understand that that's showing that they're not available to engage. And he says, tell, tell your guest services team, free up their hands, mm-hmm. free up their hands, you know, uh, be ready to engage, to greet, to shake hands, to point whatever it is that it's sending an unintentional message of not yeah. being available. Body language, body language is a big deal. Right. And, um, a while back we talked about, we were noticing in our fellowship time, we, we take a 10 minute break between segments and our Sunday mornings and, uh, people were huddling up with each other, which is great. We wanted them to talk to each other, but 
if you're new and you're trying to like break into a huddle, that's weird. And, yeah. and I like that. That's good insight. If I want to get across the room quickly, I have a, a cup of coffee in my hand and I pull on the George face, which is a little bit like annoyed and, and like I have somewhere to be and I march. Right. But uh, just bring yourself up to be available um, and open in that way to people is, is huge, but small, maybe seems like a small thing, but it sounds like it's a big thing. Yeah. And you've anticipated the fifth one and that is to focus on your guests and not your team. So, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. So free up your hands and then make sure that, cause I know, I know what it's like. You want to, you want to hang with the people that, you know, you want to greet them. You want to say hi, you want to, Hey, how you doing? How's your week? But if, if they're treating this as a ministry, there's a sacrifice that has to be made when they are on, when they're on, they need to be on for the guests. Um, not for the people who are already insiders. Yeah, I noticed this um, a couple of months ago. We have a, a jazz concert series that we do here at the church, and uh, it's a ton of fun. It's secular music mostly, and musicians that come and, and Sunday nights. And it's been a cool community event. I mean, more people come to that than come on Sunday mornings. Uh, which, yeah, I don't know. I guess the preaching needs to get better, maybe. <laughs> But we packed the place and it's great. But I noticed this last time that two of our, our, our greeters that are also on the, the welcome team, they're handing out programs, but they're talking to each other and just sticking their hand out as people walk by. And I, I get it. That, I mean, they were talking about, I think maybe the Seattle Sounders, the soccer team that's here, they were talking about the game or something. And they're just talking life and connecting with each other. They were totally ignoring essentially everybody that was walking through the door. It's kind of that missed opportunity to, to look someone in the eye, to, to not, glad you're here, welcome, here you go. And uh, so it, it's, it seems small, but it's a huge deal to make, your, make yourself available and to be on when it's your time to be on. And it doesn't matter what size of a church you are, everybody runs into this problem. Um, I, <laughs> I was at, I think this says more about me than anything else, but I was at a, uh, a well-known mega church. And came in, I was visiting, came into worship and, and the volunteers who were on guest services were talking to each other and totally ignored about 50 people that walked in. And I was secretly rejoicing. Because <laughs> I know it's terrible, but uh, I was just like, oh man, it even happens here sure. in like, you know, the poster child for awesome. And, um, yeah. and, and so, but seriously, it, no matter what size your church small, big, medium, it really doesn't matter. It's the same issue. And honestly, the same, all these issues are, it's easy to, with the pressure of each coming Sunday and having to fill volunteer slots, everything can become way too transactional. And so it's really a way, how do we bring it back and reconnect the volunteers back to the fact that this is a ministry. This is something that God's called you to do today. And, you know, to take that seriously. Yeah. And I think this is where, I mean, this is probably a whole nother episode sometime down the road, Jason, but how do we help our volunteers have onboarding moments and offboarding moments so that, because I think some of our folks have been doing the welcoming for years and years. They're awesome people, amazing, but they kind of, that you just kind of get into a rut with stuff. And so how do we give fresh opportunities for new faces and, and, and some new ways of doing things, especially in denominational churches where folks have been there for 40 years and they yeah. were, they're the person that's been at the door with a handout to welcome it, you know, shake hands with people uh, every Sunday for, you know, 25 of those 40 years. And so retraining, recalibrating a little bit so that 
um, they understand that there are people who are coming that maybe have never been to church or coming back to church after a long time away. These aren't just church people coming through our doors necessarily. And so we have to kind of change the way we think a little bit and what we assume they know about how to do church and the way we do it. So good tips. I love, I love uh, this content and helpful as we think ahead for fall 2019 and uh, it's right around the corner, man. Coming. Yeah. And I can't wait to have Greg on the podcast. I got a lot of questions for him. Um, wh- what are some things too that, that you have found to be helpful in guest services as a way of welcome, welcoming people? We've been asking this question about mm-hmm. how do we uh, create moments of surprise um, for people? You know, church can become, we have a certain way that we do it. And are there ever any moments that we could do where we offer like, like a special coffee that day or some kind of special treat or something for the congregation. I know some churches, they do like donuts or something like that. We don't really do that. We did donut holes because we couldn't afford donuts. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Doing some, something fun, I think. But I love that. And and to surprise them with it. And so one, one thing that we have noticed is um, a couple of things. I mean, this, I'm sure we'll get into some of this, you know, down the road too, in this um, podcast and the episode we're going to have. But even something as simple as getting down at the same level as the kids, parents love their kids. And when, when someone is able to get down on their kid's level and relate to them and ask their name, that creates that moment of surprise. Or when, when someone asks, where's the restroom, instead of pointing, you know, someone walks with them, asks, asks them a little bit about themselves as they go, and they're, they're smiling and happy as they go along. And, but uh, creating those moments of surprise is, is big. And I think part of that is when you're doing something special as a congregation, invite your guests to participate. Yeah. Or not, if they're not comfortable. Um, if we're commissioning a, a mission team, we have them often go down the center aisle and we have folks gather around them and pray for them. And I always say, if you're guests and this is kind of new and different for you, you're just feel free to stay right where you are. But if you want to jump in and participate, we'd love to have you do that. Cause I think a guest feels a little bit like an outsider when you do something, a special moment like that, that feels like yeah. the life of the congregation, not them. They're new. Or, um, we'll do holiday decorating the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, hey, and if you're a guest and this is, you know, one of your first times here, you're newer to Marine View, stick around, help us decorate, eat some pizza. We're going to have a ton of fun doing that. We'd love to have you do that. So creating permission for them to engage in maybe some of the special things that are going on too, that might feel like things that are just for church, the, the normal church people, if, if you didn't say it out loud. So just creating I'm, a lot of permission, I think. Is I'm glad you said that, Jesse, because I think that's a really important thing that, that we also do here is you try to weave the expectation that guests know that you're expecting them and are welcoming them to participate in just about everything you're doing. And so even on a Sunday morning throughout the course of worship, there'll be some little moments where people say, and if you're new or, and if you're a guest, and if you've never heard this before. So we have a time too, where we do our prayer time a little different in our contemporary service in that we have a moment where it's only about a minute and a half. It feels long though a minute and a half where people pray on their own. And then I kind of close this in prayer together, but I explain it ahead of time and I do it every week. Hey, if you're new here, we're about to have a time of prayer and, you know, we have some soft music going in the background and time for you to connect with God as you need to. And, you know, so it's built into the DNA of the service. And I think that's all really important to help welcome yeah, somebody it, on their first It's helping time. them. It takes the stress level down and we, when we prepare people for what's going to happen and the way it's going to happen. Um, and it invites them to participate as if they're part of our life, which is really cool. 
to do as well. I, I think when it when it comes to sort of the guest experience, um, and this is you know from our own experiences, places that it that initial experience, that first impression really does it sets the tone for everything else. So all those things we just talked about right here about the things we say in the service. Those only apply if they can actually find the right service to go to, right? Or if they if they make it past the front door and they haven't already made up their mind, this is a place that they're, they're not going to like or whatever. So that first impression is huge and it sets us up for success with everything else when it comes to our guests. And so work on it for the fall. Pick one or two or three of those things yeah. and see what you can do. And, um, and if you screw it up, just own it. You know, like just, just own it. Hey, totally. hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were confused that you didn't know where the contemporary service was. Yeah, we're you know, such a mess. Yeah, I'm you know, sorry. We're, we're glad yeah, you're sorry here. Sorry that happened. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good All deal. right. Well, hey, it. good stuff. And yeah. uh, I want to encourage folks to, to keep connecting with us. Uh, a lot of different ways that you can connect. Uh, Jason or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. We got our Facebook group going. Uh, and again, if, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do that. Go on to iTunes, subscribe, or your listening platform of choice. You could always do it on our website, reclaimleader.com. And we'd love it if you'd share it with your friends and colleagues. You know, we want to keep getting word out and we want to be, you know, our whole goal is to be helpful, to help equip you and encourage you for the important work of revitalization. And that's why we're here. And uh, again, we thank our sponsor, Belay Solutions, who are helping uh, pastors and leaders of all different organizations go further faster by uh, using virtual assistants, virtual bookkeepers, uh, virtual web masters, a whole slew of services they have to get those, uh, those things out of your to-do list so that you could focus on the big things. So uh, other than that, Great to be back with you, Jesse. Looking forward to this next month as we get ready for the fall. And until then, we hope that this has helped you to lead change without losing your roots. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.